So much in life is scripted, but this is unedited. Listen in as we have casual conversations about art and faith. Welcome back to Unedited. Uh, I'm Farley Sanderfor. And I'm Jennifer Chetlett. And we are continuing our conversation with our dear friend Mark Sprinkle. Um, so you mentioned the the Maker series yeah. a little bit earlier, yep. um, and can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a thing uh, that was started by a, a friend when he was in Charlottesville, um, and then this is so terrible. See, this is uh, you know I reached I'd like to say I reached this age where I forget people's names, but actually it's always been part of me so it's just <laughs> terrible so i can tell you everything about him but um alex mejia see but then i talk around and then i remember <laughs> it right? comes to you yeah exactly so friend alex Mejias. um and so he was at third for a while um kind of doing some worship leading and and um so we brought this model and then i he kind of did it one time and then we helped i helped him with the second one and then i took over after that and you know he moved on to, to bigger and better things uh, but so now we're in our, this is our eighth year, I think, seventh or eighth year. We'll do numbers 19 and 20. Um, 19 is in November 20s. So it's it's been a good run. Um, and I think I took a little time off, but we're we're kind of ramping back up to, to do it um, more regularly again. So anyway, what it is quickly is um, an even conversation around a topic um, that is important to the church, but also just to being human that the arts help us think about in a different and uh, distinctive mm -hmm. and, and you know, maybe a deeper way. Yeah. Um, so each time I'll pick a theme and then bring um, three artists in. And so it's always a visual artist, uh, a writer, and and a, um, a musician. Sure. Uh -huh. So or group. So sometimes it's two you know, musicians or whatever else. But anyway, so it's always three kind of perspectives on the same topic. Okay. Um, so and typically two will try to bring in somebody who's sort of on the kind of little more national stage, someone that's mm. from far away, someone who's regional, um, and someone, at least one person that's local. So, I mean, that's sort of a, you know, serving suggestion, you know, mm -hmm. so it, yeah. that's doesn't always work out exactly like that. And sometimes we'll do highly local, and sometimes it's all kind of people from outside. Um, but it's good. So they each presents for just 20 minutes, so mm -hmm. it always leaves you wanting to know more about them. Mm -hmm. It's really about their story. And then the second half after the three present, uh, we come back for kind of a guided conversation um, about the topic. So really, the first part, they might touch on what we're going to talk about afterwards, but it's really just, um, that really just comes out more in the second part of the conversation. So we'll talk for like 20 minutes and then have Q&A. Um, and it's just always really interesting. Um, I think it's it's exciting when you get three creative people together um, and they're talking about their lives, what's important to them, how they see... Um, their work is kind of reflecting their their identity and being human beings, uh, but I think it's also really helpful for them to see that people care about them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been you know a lot of um, usually I'll have uh, artists who identify as Christians, but not always. Um, and so it has kind of two. The whole program really has two kind of goals. One is to be really, and this is for this first you know section of time, really um, an outreach on behalf of the arts to the church, especially the more mm -hmm. evangelical church that has been a little um, either distant or distrustful or even just didn't have time, I think, for the arts. And yeah. we're at a point where I think we really have to understand them, understand the, the gift that they are to theology and mm -hmm. ecclesiology. Um, but also we just 
need to understand because the arts and sciences are the two alternate realities. They're the, the belief systems that drive our country, our, mm -hmm. our world, really. So we need to be engaging in understanding how they are, how people are making sense of everything mm -hmm. through those other two things. So mm -hmm. anyway, so on one hand, it's really bringing artists in who can help the church think more deeply about being the church. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's is building a culture that is invitational to artists and giving them a place where they can be heard, they can be known, they can be supported, they can meet others who are kind of walking their same paths. So, and that's that's been happening more and more. Um, but, you know, so I I'm, I'm, don't really love, you know, all the, I'm not a really logistics person. <laughs> so putting on <laughs> events is like not like, um, I don't love that part of it, mm -hmm. but it's always been totally worth it for the relationships I've gotten to have with artists, just getting to know them mm. and firm what they're doing um, and just get, you know, like them as human beings. So it's been, mm -hmm. that's been really cool. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to this next, next one. So yeah. this next one is on November 9th um, and it's on the theme of disciple. So just mm -hmm. the way that, you know, historically, Okay, Our, where and when, so people yeah, in Richmond can know. Yeah, okay, so it's, know. it's happening at the Fellowship Hall of Third Church on Forest Avenue in the West End, mm -hmm. um, and it's on Friday night, November 9th, mm -hmm. um, and this time we have... Um, Let's see. So Cam Anderson uh, mm -hmm. is our visual artist, and he is the recently retired director of uh, SIVA, Christians and Visual Arts, but uh, has been a lifetime um, painter before that. He's mm -hmm. also just written a book called um, yes. The Faithful Artist, mm -hmm. a new vision for evangelicalism and the arts, which is great. Um, so anyway, he'll, he'll be talking. Our musician is a young woman named Mari Black, who is a phenomenal fiddler. Um, she, she won the Scottish National Champions a few times. Pretty much everything else Thank you goodness. can win. Um, and she is a, a tremendous educator. So she is she's a multi-style fiddler. So she just goes sort of like someone likes to learn 17 languages, right? Yeah. She does that with styles of fiddling. Mm. So Scottish, Irish, Quebecois, you know, just all these different things, mm -hmm. jazz. Anyway, she's great. Um, plus, she learned from uh, a local um, pastor and fiddler, who learned from the previous sort of, you know, master of Scottish um, fiddling and kind of he traces his lineage of instruction all the way back. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that we'll have him there too and they'll talk about their relationship and kind of handing, uh, kind of handing off these, uh, these traditions and ways of, of being fiddlers. And then the, our, our writer or kind of literary person this time is a uh, guy named John Dow who is the, uh, let's see, global scholar in residence at uh, Collegiate School. But he um, is probably better known around here from a few years ago in the paper because he's one of the Sudanese lost boys who spent, oh. uh, you know, whose life was completely upended and spent, you know, mm -hmm. multiple years wandering, essentially fighting for his life yeah. uh, in, in um, uh, Africa and then finally made it to the U.S. and um, but he's he, not the one he didn't write who wrote long way home have you read that uh that could be I can't it's a different name it's not yeah. it's not that name but th is it that same i I'm, have you read that I'm book not sure no haven't okay no it's a good book but yeah so he's he's written about this whole story um you know it's a different different title um but you know he is also a storyteller right so he does okay. storytelling workshops and because there's and i'll let him kind of tell it when he's there sure but there how he learned the stories and you know, growing up in, in Africa and his um, village is a great example of kind of the way that art, creativity, identity, 
community um, stories are handed down from you know one generation to the next, and that's really just the focus of this. We are in such an age where you know, hey, learn stuff on the internet or YouTube mm-hmm. or or on the other hand, it's academic instruction. Mm-hmm. But you know, most you know, as a parent. There's the saying, more is caught than taught, mm-hmm. which means you can say whatever you want, but your kids are actually going to pick up the way you are, are with them. They're going to mm-hmm. watch and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this whole other kind of uh, body of research about all the most critical things and, and actually some of the most complicated things like how to make an instrument um, are really handed off not by direct instruction, but by just being with the master, the person mm. that you're learning from. Mm. So you sort of absorb things by being shoulder to shoulder with another person in the arts. And, you know, uh, that's the studio system or atelier system that mm-hmm. was, you know, or guilds. So it's always been like that. Mm. We've lost that a little bit, but, and clearly there's some real um, things to talk about there in, in thinking about the Christian life or how do we um, come alongside people. So, mm-hmm. you know, arts can help us think about what discipleship looks like mm-hmm. differently, mm-hmm. where it's not about imparting information or right. do this or skills. It's really about deep personal connection, commitment, and learning to, to walk really literally with someone else mm-hmm. as you yeah. like deepen your faith and grow closer to God. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited about the night. We're doing a Saturday morning workshop with Cam. Uh, there will be all city for uh, people to think about discipleship in the arts mm. um, and a few other events that that'll be going up on the, the make RVA Facebook page um, in the next 24 hours or so. So then it'll be lots of neat. That's awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. Um, okay. So you do a lot um, making these, looking at the intersection between um, art and faith. Um, but I want to ask you, like, how does your personal faith inform yeah. your perspective and practice yeah. as an artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I've been as a as an artist, um, I have been kind of in a in a transition thing because I haven't been doing much art, mm-hmm. and so I'm really that's one of the challenges of getting back in the studios for starting over. And it's like, well, what am I going to do next? Yeah. Um, you know, I think my uh, certainly my attention and caring about communities and I mean, everything I talk about with art and households, I mean, I, yeah. that really comes out of my sense that arts are my, for me, at least my calling as an artist is to um, make those objects that can kind of help people connect. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not just to tell my story. It's to tell my story that things that I see mm-hmm. in such a way that other people can adopt them and it can be useful to them, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. kind of deep spiritual ways. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think there's a basic sense of, of that, like learning how, how can my work serve. And certainly I have a whole set of things that, um, well, let me back up. When it, fundamentally, I think um, the role of artists is to pay attention to what's around them in a different way. Um, that's like scientists. That's the role is that you, you are responsible to take the time to look at things that other people, the rest of them, don't have time or inclination to do. And then bring what you've discovered to kind of the wider community. Um, so, you know, I, that that has kind of informed kind of my way of being an artist, which is looking. So I have a body of work about um, sheep and contemporary shepherding practices that we, um, that I kind of stumbled into exploring when we uh, went to the state fair, when it was still in the city. Um, and I would just get to know 
the shepherds and just see the processes, which are really different from, you know, biblical shepherding, yeah. but really interesting. So, you know, that was a more explicitly, I was really wrestling with some um, parables and uh, just imagery of the sheep and trying to update it. And just like, yeah. how, how can I think about that? So that's kind of more explicitly, you know, an engagement with the biblical text and my faith through painting. But I think now in the, in this next age or next stage of my work, I'm, really kind of focus more maybe just on, um, you know, maybe seeing again. I mean, I've, one of my hobbies lately or, or um, advanced procrastination techniques or last few years <laughs> has been, um, which I've always been really good at, right? I'm a very creative procrastinator. Yeah, maybe you could so, do a maker series on that. Yeah, I'm procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great word too, procrastination. Yeah, yeah. it sounds pro- positive. It, it is a pro, right? Right, because <laughs> right. it's, it's an Asian, yeah, right? Yeah, so well, and it's, it's, so it's pro-cras. So cross, C-R-A-S, is Latin for tomorrow. Right. It means for, for tomorrow. tomorrow. So it sounds hopeful. for tomorrow. It's yes. hopeful. I'm working for tomorrow. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yes, I've always done that. I've found ways. If there's something really big I need to do, I, I won't just like fritter away. Usually I'll go find some new, completely new topic or thing to make or mm-hmm. yeah. body of knowledge to master. So Yes. Anyway, currently, recently, that's been foraging for wild mushrooms. So if you ever see my Instagram, that's pretty much all it is right now. Because I like to find them, cook them, and eat them. You're like an urban farmer. Yeah, it's, well, not farmer. Forager. Like, You're forager, an urban oh, totally forager. forager. Yeah. Hunter-gatherer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hunter-gathering, I'm all over that, right? <laughs> um, but it's just really interesting because it is, aside from the eating, which I love, um, it's really about looking. There's mm. so much going on beneath the surface right in our neighborhoods. Okay, that's Literally. like really deep on well, a whole lot of levels. I know it is, but it's 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 true. I know I mean, you're God, talking yeah. about mushrooms, but I'm no, saying but that's I like know. a profound statement. But it, but I mean, I know this is what I'm saying. I mean, God has like you know he is a he's a poet God, right? Mm. And so when I look around, I mean, this morning, right? You you I'm walking on the walk. I walk every day with my wife and my dog, and um, there's this whole new batch of mushrooms up, and they're all growing in this one particular place. They come up really quickly. You don't expect them. You don't know where they're going to show up. Um, and they're not, you know, we tend to think about mushrooms as being kind of about decay and some of them are, and that's really Mm -hmm. important, but actually they're, they serve these amazing ecosystem functions by connecting, um, trees in the root system by providing, they fix different kinds of nutrients that the trees can't. And so they're connected deeply with the the trees and the other things right there. Um, so it's, it's remarkable. There's this system that's going on for the benefit of all the things we see and recognize as flourishing. And only every once in a while does it pop up um, and you realize what's going on below the surface, literally below the surface. Mm. And it's the, the, the scale of kind of these uh, yeah, communities of fungus and everything else <laughs> under the ground are really massive. I mean, the largest living creature is a honey mushroom in, I think, Oregon, because it spans, it's a clonal thing, so it spans... 100 acres or something. It's just enormous. And you don't think about it. And it's all these tiny little rhizomes, right? Well, so I've been thinking a lot about, you know, mushrooms and and <laughs> fungus as, as an interesting metaphor for the church, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and the way that um, you're not always called to be the, the showy plant or the tree, the thing that is recognized as like, oh, this is so important and this makes the neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes what you're really called to be is just the the uh, the mushrooms there, right? Doing your work, popping up only occasionally, you know, to to, to do some uh, spreading, but mostly you're there just to kind of fix things. Nutrients provide 
richness that makes other things happen. So I'm, I'm just thinking about, um, I, I don't know if I'll end up doing this. I'm going to try it a little bit, but like doing some really interesting portraits of, of mushrooms and just as a way to think about, mm. um, yeah, to scale um, what's hidden and, and what's seen, the way that these kind of hidden um, systems and communities and life contribute to the flourishing of the whole um, so, you know, it's like you'll look at it and say, oh, it's a picture of mushroom. I'll, you know, that won't be there. But that's what I'll be thinking about hmm. is is uh, hmm. these different and the diversity is just stunning. Right. So there are lots of different ways to be mushroom. That's um, so good. I'm, so. I have a friend who uh, a female friend of mine who is a um, she's very southern. She's a, a she doesn't call herself a pastor. She's like a traveling like a minister. Uh-huh. Um and what she would say to your comment is that'll preach. Yeah, exactly. That'll preach. <laughs> yeah. That's what she would say to all of that. That'll preach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Mm. And they're just beautiful. <laughs> I mean, the colors and They'd be fun to paint. And, I would get, oh, they'd, yeah, they'd yeah, be fun yeah, to yeah, paint. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love sheep too and other animals just because the textures are so mm-hmm. neat. So mm-hmm. anyway, we'll see. You'll, ask me in a few months and hopefully I'll have a set of paintings. Yeah. You know, and there's so many that grow right here in the city. So I think mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a project where I'm really just going to do the mushrooms that I found and, you know, foraged mm-hmm. in the city or even in the park and mm-hmm. just to kind of talk about how they, uh, well, paint about. I'm going to show rather than tell. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's great. Unless I do something else. Uh, <laughs> you know. My other bread and butter was always like, you know, landscapes of, of travel things. Cause, and I've got all these things from when we've traveled together as a family that I need to paint too. I want to see the mushrooms. I know. I'll do both. I know. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get bored. (laughs) (laughs) So we've sort of, we've sort of already talked about this during Mm -hmm. the course of our time so far, but um, how, what are some ways that you can think of that the church can be more inclusive and supportive of artists? I know you talked about your maker series, Mm -hmm. um, but also how have you, how have you seen the church be supportive to artists in your own hmm. experiences mm-hmm. and like beyond part- a gallery because we're part- seeing more churches with galleries now but not yeah. every church can do that logistically yeah yeah and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then th- it's a three-part question sure, so okay. you can answer one or right, three you're gonna parts. have to keep track of um, how, can, so. how can uh, you know how can the church be more supportive but also how can how can artists sort of reach out and be yeah you know more in, involved in and participate active participants in what's yeah. going on in the church. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start, you know, at our church, I'm uh, my, my church home third. We've tried to recognize that um, it's not all about just the words and music, right? That we are embodied creatures. We're embodied believers, which means that we need to have things that appeal to our eyes and other senses as well. Um, and so we've been trying, and, and ours is a, a beautiful uh, you know, neoclassic um, building is it's fairly spare. And so over the past few years, we've tried to introduce some things to, that also um, reflect the rhythm, the kind of liturgical rhythm of the year. So um, hangings that are, you know, green during ordinary time. And you have purple for um, Advent and you, know, you go, go through all these things. And there's lots about that on the website. But anyway, um, but just doing some things that recognize this. And of course I'm speaking mostly as a visual artist, right? Because right. musicians, it's a little easier, right? You can, there, there are real clear ways that we know that's good. You know, you can be mm-hmm. part of worship, uh, visual artists and writers, it's a little harder, but so speaking mostly as a visual artist, the first thing you can do is just 
start including things that appeal to the visual, you know, in your in your audience. I mean, it's funny we you, know, you think about with kids in the pews, and we want them in church, right? That's where they you know get what's going on. It's not just Sunday school, but it's okay for them to have coloring pages mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, or just just blank pieces of paper and crayons, right? And I mean, I always like that when when I oh, yeah. I think better, I listen to a sermon better if I'm sketching, you know, mm-hmm. even I'm sketching something silly, you know, about mm-hmm. it. And you know, so we never tried to you know make our boys stop you know drawing. Well, we did ask them not to actually draw like tanks and airplanes <laughs> at each other during the sermon. <laughs> um, so you know, we had so it's more about the subject matter, not yeah, like, like the activity maybe, itself. Maybe not just that, right? right? So just just broaden you know, your scope. Yeah, something something else. Just not actually like killing um, during the sermon, but. Uh, yeah, it's just like, right, that's something that we, a lot of people have, not everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So just, what are ways you can add some visual interest mm-hmm. and some, some variation? So for us, it's been, I think Banner is just doing some seasonal, and it's it's a way for people, you know, even who do like flower arranging or, I mean, they're just things that are, um, that are visually focused that you can invite people in mm-hmm. about. So that's, that's really as much your artist in your midst. You know, I'm not saying, I mean, there are, I mean, Tabernacle Baptist does an amazing, amazing job of including and really um, finding the arts as a way to build community in, in the actual worship. And it's a, they're really, there's something that if you're interested in, how do you have arts integrated into your worshiping life, not just as an add-on or something mm-hmm. like that, they're, you know, they're really worth um, talking to about that. And and a lot of denominations come down differently. Yeah, and individual that. St- churches too. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, yeah. If you look at like um, West End Assembly of God, mm-hmm. they incorporate, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, th- I think just so that I mean, look for ways to include people whose primary way of expressing themselves or being in the world is through physical objects and, mm-hmm. and things. So that's one thing. I mean, I, I think. I don't know, you know, artists have the reputation for being a little, you know, flaky or thinking differently and all that. And, and that's probably true um, to some extent. So, you know, obviously my our, my way of doing it has been to, to do events that ha- offer an opportunity to convene. Um, I probably, see, this is the other challenge that goes back to the collaboration thing. Every church should not try to have a whole arts program, right? Mm-hmm. What you should do is figure out what, way your body has the capacity and interest to engage the arts and just one thing Mm. um do that well find out and then find out what other people around the city are doing Mm. and find ways to support them Mm -hmm. right i mean not every church needs to have a gallery um and probably not even most right because they don't unless you've got someone yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> well, there are a lot of work to run, yeah, too. I mean, so yeah, unless you can do it well. Yeah. Right. So, and, and there, you know, there's so many different things about, okay, you know, how do you judge quality? What do you show? Mm-hmm. Who do you mm-hmm. show? Do you only show your people? You know, anyway, yeah. that's, it, it seems like a really great thing. Oh, well, we should have a gallery. Right. And it may be if you really have, you know, someone who's committed, skilled, that you have space, all that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. There are lots of other ways to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, but... I'd say the main thing is if you have a group of people who are um, engaged in the arts or want to figure out what you do, but then connect with people at other churches mm-hmm. and support what they're doing yeah. um, around the year. That is the biggest, I think, impediment to flourishing of the arts at church is that we are not willing often to support what other people are doing. Yeah. We, you know, it gets into that church branding thing or mm-hmm. this is our territory, our thing. Um, we don't really like to learn from each other 
or we just copy, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than it's like, hey, they are doing something really cool. How can we get behind it? Um, so they've been that that's a that's a challenge. And there are people who, who think differently and have been really collaborative. Um, Shelby Murphy over at uh, Redemption Hill has been an early supporter of the Maker Series just from the an- aspect of how do we how, uh, yeah, how can we work together as the church in Richmond? Um, and that's mm-hmm. been really encouraging. That's so, you know, so that was maybe, let's see, one and two. Um, what was the last one? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember either. I have to keep uh, um, How can artists be more yeah. proactive with sharing their gifts and their talents? Yeah. In the um, context of the church. Well, you know, again, artists are often sitting in, in whatever room it is during service or whatever else, thinking about things or looking at things, right? Staring out the window, staring at the window, staring mm-hmm. at whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think just have to be more bold in yeah. offering to go up and say, could, could we do something about this? Um, you know, or I have this idea. And you're, you're probably going to get no, you know, a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you never ask, right. okay. if you never talk to a friend and say, hey, we could do this together. Um, mm-hmm. So I would just just offer your services um, and or your ideas, yeah. you know, and uh, to your pastor, to whichever ministry. You know, it's not always it's not always just about, oh, giving your graphic design skills for free. You know, and, right. and, and that is inevitably, right? That, that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, you know, be creative, don't just show up and like, oh, how can I help? Um, can you paint this, you know, thing or, or uh, you know, do a felt board or something, um, which actually <laughs> early, I, I mean, I have to put in a big plug for felt boards because I had like, when we did uh, children's ministry for, for a long time at Hope uh-huh. and in the early years, we did amazing felt boards. Yeah, I remember that. That was them. my role. Like every yeah. like, Saturday night, I'm like, awesome. I can do all these felt board things. And Beth's like, okay. You don't have to do the 17 animals or this other right. thing. I'm like, no, this is going to be so awesome. No, you can always see frustrated artists because when I, like, when my kids were little and I was like the room mom, yeah. I remember making, when they studied Greece, I made like this five foot Parthenon out of foam core. Yes. I mean, it was phenomenal but like so I spent cool. so many hours oh, on yeah, it yeah. or like the pumpkin for for the Halloween thing I made a Medusa with like nice. you know, with like glow in the dark yeah. you know so you can always tell the the artists mm-hmm, who get mm-hmm. involved in things yeah. like that but yeah. so just be bold right it yeah. just it, it, people won't usually say no because they'll be busy scratching their heads about right. what you just asked them right. so just do it yeah. get out yeah. there and, and and be bold and yeah. um claim your place kind of in the mm-hmm. in the the christian community you don't just wait to be mm. invited always because yeah. the invitation probably will not come mm. um just because there's so many other things that seem more pressing mm-hmm. yeah um, so you know and uh, of course i think the other way to do it is just to connect with other artists around the city i yeah, mean that's sure. obviously my mantra right? right is um find others and find fellowship and talk about stuff not just to you know gripe and complain but right. to say how what are you doing how right. does this work for you? How can how can we do that together? That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned uh, a couple comments ago about the animal imagery. I know mm-hmm. that you did the show at Wheaton a few years ago. Um, so I want you to tell us about that. But I also want to talk about am- animal imagery. Yeah, um, sure. Because there's obviously a lot of animals in the Bible since mm. it's primarily an agrarian society, but we're no longer an agrarian, yeah. primarily an agrarian society. Um, so animal imagery, like while I appreciate the skill it takes, I know you enjoy making it just from the, the challenge of the textures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It doesn't always make me ask questions, mm -hmm. like as a viewer. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me, I'd like to know why it's uh, meaningful and thought-provoking subject matter to you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it goes back, I would say that, uh, yeah, I mean, scriptures are full of animal imagery just because they're animals and, and everything. Right. Um, and, and, but not just in descriptions of, you know, sacrificial, you know, things, whatever it's, you know, Jesus says, consider the lilies. I take that as an as actual command, right? It's like, right. it means pay attention to what's around you. Um, but I think my first kind of real connection with storytelling and animals was Aesop's Fables. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of these books mm -hmm. that I had um, when I was really young. And um, they're just, it's cool. Why I like them, why I like animals is because you can ask questions, you can make statements, you can tell stories about people, obviously, just like mm -hmm. fables, um, in a way that allows viewers, if they're willing to engage with the story, um, just enough distance um, so that they can, uh, ironically, I think it's easier for people to connect with and identify with an animal in a story mm -hmm. than a person. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple ways, you know, when you, there, you know, you can paint the human, human figure, it is so fraught, right? It is so powerful. We are so attuned to the meaning and everything in human faces and all that. There's both the individualization, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to see just, at, you know, generic person you're going to see that person mm -hmm. um plus i just yeah the, the the figure i you know did figure drawing and painting and, and that's just not really my my thing mm -hmm. um but anyway and, and but part of that is just because it's almost too powerful right mm -hmm. there's a there's a softer way through animals um so i you know it's interesting you can that's, that's probably the, the, the core piece of it yeah. is it allows you to tell the stories without being quite kind of in your face with mm -hmm. it. Um, it invites people into the story. Mm -hmm. um, and also, interesting, and I had never thought about this. Um, I was showing a set of work in Atlanta and um, at, a, at a home show. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a um, really I mean, great African-American guy who was at the show when we were talking about one of the paintings. And he said, you know... It's interesting that if you, you know, this were a person, um, it would, you know, whether it's African-American figure or white, it would have that racial identity. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, and especially now, you can't get around that, right? That's so much a part of how we frame ourselves in, in this culture. Mm. But when you're just looking at a black and white chicken, you know, right. and there's that story that takes that layer of a culture out, mm -hmm. right? So, again, you know... You know, I had been thinking just in general, but even specifically about kind of racial identity or culture or background or something like that. Right. Everybody's got chickens, right? right? So everybody and and um, yeah, I mean, it used to be that people actually knew chickens, and you know, right. maybe that's coming back. Curiously, with the actually, yeah, urban it farming, is. It is. I think yeah. people are gonna connect differently. So, right. um, but I think that's that's probably the the key thing. Plus, I just like you know the paint them, yeah, cool, yeah, um, you know, texture wise and structure and everything else so. that's great that reminds me of um we showed toby westbury this summer who i always call them the wrong thing primates i think so I is think that how, how he one. refers to them he did a lot of like gorillas yeah, talking yeah. about man yeah yeah but chose to use um primates mm -hmm. to to yeah. do that a lot right. i think he would agree mm -hmm. with a lot of what you're mm -hmm. saying mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's close, but just, yeah. So it's right, just, it's like a step removed from... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's essentially, you know, form poetry, where you're talking about something else, mm -hmm. right? But you're really talking you're about this one thing. You're saying one thing, but you're really... Yeah, it's like, hey, we're talking about this, but we're not really, right? And right. it just invites people in. And, and maybe that's... Probably there's a little linguistic play there, too, right? Mm -hmm. Because...
you're invited to you're invited in to to play with metaphors. Mm-hmm. So um, you're like, okay, something is going on here other than just it's a picture of a of a tower code. So mm-hmm. I mean, usually it's not super explicit in mine. So yeah. I mean, I you do usually have to read kind of the the context and the little text. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of probably the one thing I. I, I was scarred by my museum experience that I like wall text, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would tell the story. Well, but I'm also just a writer. So I like to have like, Hey, here's what this is. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, I'm not one of those artists that says, Oh, well, it's all gotta be totally in there or I don't want to control. I'm like, no, it's a, it's a dialogue. And mm. a lot of the stuff that I put in or I'm thinking about it, it's helpful to the viewer to know that, that background. Then sure. they can connect it differently. They still will. I don't, I'm not controlling it, but I'm right. giving them, um, a little more information on how, um, I was, coming to the image mm-hmm. and so then they can work on it from there for who they are yeah that makes sense since we are all lovers of words yeah. what are what are you reading right now oh gosh okay well so here's the the other admission um that i just am, i'm not a huge reader right now i've been doing everything i have a huge stack of books mm-hmm. um of things that i've been meaning to read so that was that's the plan for the fall right was to be painting and then reading mm-hmm. all the things that i haven't been reading um, so is there one that you're really looking forward to reading like that you're going to pick up first? Yeah. Well, I mean, I should say I'm going to read Cam Anderson's book next. Yes. Uh, yes. And I am, I did give it to, um, Derek Mundu, our, our pastor of discipleship, so he can read it first. So I'm, I'm prevented from doing it right this second. Um, but actually I, I am actually reading a book. Um, the, there's a course, uh, Sunday school thing at um, third right now on the Enneagram. Uh-huh. And so I, I had read actually this past year on some of those and so i'm reading um that it's what's your a, number um I don't, I, I don't what do you think do you know it <laughs> i know what my number is yeah yeah you, what you, i'm um, a four okay yeah yeah so yeah people all say because i'm artist oh you're probably four i'm like not a four. not a four yeah, yeah i can see you not being a four no I, yeah. I i think you know i'm still just fairly new to it um i have heavy four wing but i'm a five you're a five i think yeah because i'm very analytical and yeah. very much a head head person yeah but i have heavy dose of the you know all have the you done stuff, it so. i haven't you haven't yeah. done it okay yeah. so it's the road back to it. you is the one i'm actually reading right now the road, um, back, the road back to you is by something else well and my voice would say that actually the books that i read all the time is the um 100 edible mushrooms um <laughs> field guide i mean so i've actually what i'm reading lately i'm reading about mushrooms, mushrooms. and natural sciences uh-huh. i mean that's my other great love and so I'm, i've been doing a lot of more technical reading in yeah that. um and online there's a guy named the forager chef who's amazing yeah but i don't i don't really read blogs i read very little online you should um, do your own podcast so. on mushrooms yeah, yeah i don't know it sounds like a lot of work <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yes is. we can tell you it is but <laughs> yeah. i could see you really getting into that yeah i know i've, I've just started i was convinced that just do Instagram, you know, just mm-hmm. post some pictures of what I'm doing. Baby so steps. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to do that okay. for right now. All right. Um, um, so looking forward and we'll kind of wrap this up with mm-hmm. that. Like, do you, you're, I hate the term bucket list, but do you have like a big to-do list or like <sighs> a dream um, to-do list or a goal that you haven't achieved? Like what, what's yeah. out there for you? Gosh. That you can procrastinate about. Yeah. That's <laughs> a positive word now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to do it for tomorrow. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just being a painter again is, mm. is really, I love working with my hands. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a huge bucket list of things around here, just, <laughs> you know, building and fixing things. Um, but yeah, I would like to engage. You know, I have been, we've been in Richmond for 26 years, all of that time, you know, in the arts and mm. first you know, 10 years I was painting 
you know, a lot and professionally and selling everywhere but here. I did one, had a couple pieces in a group group show um, in a gallery that's no longer there, Red Door Gallery down on, uh, I guess it's Main Street. Um, and I've done some, you know, a couple things in churches at Comchap and other things. But I have never engaged in the art community as a painter hmm. um, at, at all. And so I would, I would, you know, I would like to, to do that. Um, you know, we know some people who run a gallery. Right, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're all right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see the thing. So that's one of those things. I just mm-hmm. feel like I need to do that. Um, and, and, and the other part is just the whole promotion. I just don't. That's the other thing. I loved home shows is because mm. it's about relationships first. Mm. And then kind of the work comes out of that. And so, I, I you know, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. That's one of the things I've been thinking about. Um, yeah, so that's one. And I think, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I turned 51, uh, last, like a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's definitely at that time of like, okay, what, you know, is there a way to think about what I've accomplished or what's, what I've done? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe putting some of the writing together in a little different format would be interesting. Um, yeah, I've got some projects with other people to write about art which would be fun too so anyway yeah so i'm not really sure i'm still uh, you know i have always been very much about um just waiting for what's next and i i never mm-hmm. really know mm-hmm. until it arrives mm-hmm. and then i'm like it seems like this is what i need to do um so i am not really generally focused on like oh i've got this amazing dream it's mm-hmm. more like what needs to happen next mm-hmm. um so i so I'm kind of just waiting, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, if people want to um, find you, see yep. what you're doing, your website, is that the best place? Uh, well, kind of. And that's one of those other things I need to do because I Update, haven't updated it in about four years. Saying. But, yes, you can see, <laughs> you know, all, it's uh, a, a lot of work there, or at least it's mattering. You can see kind of the, the kind of work I've and done. Is it marksprinkle.com? It is marksprinkle.com. Um, and the blog has... Um, a lot of, I mean, I, I haven't written one of those forever too, but it has when I was doing a lot of public posting through mm-hmm. a different organization, Biolocus Foundation, I've got a lot of those. It's got links to some of the kind of public lectures, like the one I did at, at uh, Billy Graham Center at Wheaton on uh, basically why Christians should care about the arts um, and a few other things like that. It's on there. So yeah, you can, if you spend some time on there, you can get, get lost and find a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, and then I would say go to um, uh, Make RVA. Dot org, which just takes you to a, a Facebook page right now. But um, that's where kind of all these, uh, the maker series and things are going to be and mm-hmm. the collateral events. And that, so that's really the, the place right now where um, I would send people just to try to connect with me and others around the city um, who care about the arts and who care about Jesus. Great. Well, thank you so much um, for being with us today. This has been great. Um, if you uh, have any questions for us or would like to reach out to us, you can do that at podcast at reachthenations.org. Um, and if you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, please uh, leave us a review. And, um, and rate, nice rate us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't leave us a review if you have something bad to say. You can just, you can email us the bad thing so we can make <laughs> it better. But thanks and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Unedited. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Gallery Edit in Richmond, Virginia. You can reach us at podcast at reachthenations.org.